This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Hi guys, welcome along to this podcast. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And on the show this week, AJ, a.k.a. Mr. Brunch, pointed us in the right direction for three fantastic brunches happening across the city in this holiday weekend. We also headed out to Hollywood and found out the latest movies that we need to be watching, including a brand new animation with our movie critic William Mullally. And hey, chef, imagine getting home from work all time collapsing on the sofa and just dialing up a chef and getting him to come round and cook you a meal. Well, you can do that with Hey Chef. We have all the details. And do join us live on the show, of course, weekdays from 11 o'clock, only on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. You certainly are. I hope you're enjoying uh, your uh, extra day for uh, the weekend, an extended weekend. And I'm sure a lot of us are going to be going out dining um, over the next few days. And the man himself, AJ Mr. Brunch, joins us with a few suggestions as to places that we might pop along to. How are you enjoying your day, uh, Mr. Brunch? I'm loving it. I've done absolutely nothing. I'm just sitting down playing with the cat. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's give the cat a shout out. What's, What's cat's name? Uh, cat is called Darcy. <laughs> oh, right. That's a cool name, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Okay, um, so uh, I'm sure the cat is going to be dining in style this weekend, but uh, what about us guys and uh, you? You've got some suggestions, AJ, where we might want to go brunching uh, over the weekend. So I think we're getting started at the Anantara. We certainly are. Um, and this is one of our um, favourite hotels in, in the world. We've stayed at the hotel here and obviously a couple of them in Thailand. Um, but their popular brunch is called Fork and Cork Fridays. So it's, as I said, it's whatever the, the day of the week, whatever the occasion, there's lines out the door for this one. It's popular with families and groups of friends and couples. It's kind of a, a, an all brunch to all uh, people type of thing. So um, it's, it's in Crescendo, uh, and that's their all-day dining resort. And obviously, I've said that the, the hotel is distinctly Thai. Um, you won't just find Thai food here. This is uh, absolutely everything. So they've got things like a, a pasta station and rotating pizza oven and charcoal grills and Indian, Mexican, and, and of course, Asian food as well. All right, so it's a real mix then at uh, Fork and Cork. Um, uh, what are some of your favourite dishes, would you say, that you would pr- probably go for at, at this particular brunch, AJ? Uh, we do like the, uh, the the ribs. The seafood selection is amazing. Um, they've also got something new, which I'm going to try next time we're there. They've got a um, one of these expensive um, food gadgets called a food dehydrator, um, and it basically cooks things at a really low temperature and takes out all the moisture and they're all the rage in the uh, in the cooking world. So I really want to try that. Okay, um, and when it comes to our pockets, what are we going to be looking at for um, brunching there at uh, Anantara? Uh, so for children uh, up to uh, 11 years old, it's 165 dirhams, uh, 365 dirhams for non-alcoholic, uh, 525 for house beverages, 735 including French bubbly. Okay, cool. That's a great start then, uh, Anantara, when it comes to brunching. Now, Pier Chic, um, beautiful location. Uh, they have got a brunch this weekend. Uh, tell me all about this one. So Pier Chic, I'm not sure if you're aware, used to be run under the auspices of uh, famous chef Marco Pierre White, yeah. uh, famous friend Gordon Ramsay, and you know one of those really like you know when you think of chefs, he is like one of the names that you think of. Um, it's still uh, a jewel in the crown at Jumeirah Alcatraz, 
Um, however, it's now a modern Italian restaurant rather than a seafood restaurant, which it was before. Um, and it's run by a lady called uh, Chef Beatrice Sigoni, who's no slouch herself. She, uh, before she came to Dubai, uh, ran a restaurant called uh, Borgo San Jacopo, which is uh, a famous uh, restaurant in Florence. And that also has a Michelin star as well. So this uh, lady really knows her pasta. Um, this one is called Solmer brunch or Solmari brunch, which basically means on the sea. And it's a five-course Italian um, tasting menu. So they start off with things like uh, crudo or tuna or sea bass, and then they go into your hot and cold anti-pasties and then finishing off with uh, pasta dishes of gnocchi with seafood or a ravioli dish, which is delicious um, as well. So a really, really cool brunch. It's one of the obviously, jewels in the crown. You're, you're brunching right in the middle of the sea, looking back at the Burj Al Arab. Um, oh, wow. And just one, yeah, it's a stunning location. It sounds it. It sounds absolutely beautiful, even for the view itself. Um, uh, food, uh, is it very much Italian? You know, is that the real kind of flavor of, uh, of the menu? Yeah, definitely. They've, they've completely, I say, like ripped up the rule book and, and they've gone completely authentic Italian with a with a modern twist. And uh, she's from a coastal Italian town, so she talks about dishes from her grandmother's past, and you know, she really wants to, you know, be authentic with the dishes that she's bringing to Dubai. So something, yeah, we have to have a lot of Italian restaurants, but this one is really, really up there. Okay, and uh, when it comes to our pockets, how much is it going to cost us? Uh, considerably less than it was before when it was under Marco Pierre White because it was one of the most expensive brunches in Dubai. Um, but they've refined their prices, and this one is only three ninety for soft drinks or four hundred ninety for house beverages. Okay, that sounds uh, rather good, Pierre Sheik. There, uh, and uh, finally, we've got one more brunch to talk about. Where are you going to take us, uh, AJ? Uh, we're going back down to La Mer and down to Stars and Bars, and this one is a, a, a one-off. But this one's happening only um, once. Uh, every month so this one is happening um, tomorrow uh, and then the next one will be um, on the 19th of november and this one's called ready player brunch and it's a mixture of gaming and brunch okay this sounds interesting i mean are we talking board games here uh, monopoly or chess or <laughs> what kind of games uh, all of the above so um, ready player brunch is, is a bit of a, it's a nod to the film i'm not sure if you remember the uh, the steven spielberg film called ready player one okay yeah years ago so this one's hosted by daily gamers who uh, are known around the city for hosting gaming events and tournaments um and everything like that so there are uh, a large variety of tabletop games like as you mentioned there's jenga and monopoly collect four yeah. there's also some adult ones like card cards against humanity so this is definitely a brunch not for children um but then they also move into playstation games like fifa 21 and call of duty mortal Kombat, and they've got some really cool old school arcade machines as well down at uh, stars and bars so a mixture of both of those and also some some great food okay and this is uh, going to be uh, every month so um what day is it going to be happening and uh, what's it going to set us back uh so as the first one is the 22nd of October, so tomorrow, and then the next one will be on the 19th of November, and it is from 1 till 4 p.m., and it's 295 dirhams, and that's for food and all your beverages and, of course, all of your games. Sounds brilliant. Um, AJ, some good uh, recommendations there this week. Have you been up to Expo yet, AJ? Have you managed to uh, uh, explore? We have. We've been up to um, the, uh, the the fine dining concept just outside Wassel Square, but we haven't had. A, we've wandered around, but we haven't gone into any of the pavilions yet. So 
uh, perhaps when it's a bit quieter after this uh, after this weekend, we're going to pop back up again. We've got one of the uh, see the month passes. Brilliant. Uh, Mr. Brunch, AJ, always fantastic to have you uh, on the show. Great recommendations uh, when it comes to uh, dining. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. You certainly are through until one o'clock today, Lunch with uh, Lloyd. And uh, right now it's time to talk some movies with uh, our movie man, William Mullally. Happy holidays, William. Happy holidays. How are you? Yeah, very, very good, sir. And uh, great to have you on the show as ever. Um, and I think we've uh, gone for what is going to be a very family-friendly movie to enjoy on this holiday weekend. Yes, I think after Venom, um, I think we've had a run of, like, really, I think, not, not just Venom, like in James Bond, in Dune, in Suicide Squad, we've had a run of, like, big you know, adult movies, you know, things that you can't really bring the kids along to. And I, I think it's time that we get some really good animation in here, some good kids' movies. And we do have some more on the horizon, but I think this starts that way with Ron's Gone Wrong, which is from 20th Century Studios and Disney. So it's this, you know, classic, you know, Pixar-style animation that I think has a lot of the, you know, the heart and, and the humor that you'd expect from that world, from the people who brought us Arthur Christmas. Did you ever see that? Uh, no, but I'll tell you what it re- did remind me of. Um, the, oh, what was it called? The, the, the animation with uh, all the food and, and, and the kind of weather. and oh, I'll, I'll think about it in a, in a minute. It will come to me. But um, it looks like a, a very endearing little movie does this one. It is, it is. And I think you can kind of compare it to a movie like WALL-E. Yeah. Um, a Pixar film where it's, you know, we have a future where there's you know, a really, you know, big heart and, you know, sentimentality and sweetness and simplicity. But there's also a comment on how the world has moved, how the world is going. Here we have a a future in which, you know, it's not really that far off, in which every single kid has to have a a robot best friend, Um, you know, a a Ron, so to speak. So basically, um, they each have to have this thing is it just the social pressure is enormous. It can do everything for you. It's basically your phone come to life to become your best friend. And there's a kid in town who's, you know, played by Jack Dylan Grazer, who we spoke to for for Luca just a few months ago. He's also in, you know, Shazam. It's, you know, great young actor who can't afford one. His parents just can't really get him one. He doesn't fit in with the other kids. Everyone bullies him because of this. He can't really participate in the the social media. And finally his, his dad gets one that happened to have fallen off the back of a truck and it just doesn't work right. It is not, (laughs) it is completely (laughs) malfunctioning. It is by Zach Galifianakis. It is just a complete mess. And I I think slowly the, there a friendship develops between them and it starts to, you know, evoke the the broader truths of this world and what friendship even means. And you know what, I I think there's a, there's a, a huge humanity to this thing, even though it is about robots, which I think, goes back to films like Blade Runner. We're, we're great at doing things like that. But I think this movie is is a lot smarter than you might give it credit for. It's not just another disposable sort of animation. And I think it has a lot to say. But at its heart, it's it's just a fun comedy. And I think the people who, who wrote and directed it, I spoke to the, the writers, you know, um, Sarah Smith, who also directed, and um, Peter Bainham, who also wrote you know, Borat, um, One and Two, the Brothers Grinby, going back to Alan Partridge. So classic British comedy writer who basically had this great idea with his friend Sarah Smith, with whom they'd done Arthur Christmas. And it turned a much bigger idea into a much sillier idea that ended up giving them a lot more potential. I always feel when I'm developing a film that you need to know what it's about 
the kind of hooky idea and the ending and those things Mm. once you really know those everything else may change but you know what you're doing and I don't Mm. think any of those really changed I mean one big change was that the original idea for the story that I had was a little romantic about a boy teaching a broken robot by imitation and then they realize they love each other and when I pitched it to Pete he was like yeah but what if he's an idiot that just can't do the stairs (laughs) Okay, yours is that's funny. So that kind of morphed early Mm. on. And then there are so many people along the way as you're, you know, directing an animated movie. There's like hundreds of people. There's the other director came in and the story artists and design and animation and the voice actors and everybody um, changes it. But I think the heart of it has to be really clear and strong all the way through. I think also that it's now, that it feels now. And so, you know, what appealed to instead of first time it was like, you can have a hilarious adventure with a kid and his bebot that, you know, that they go places you wouldn't normally go in a movie featuring a robot, like into the woods, you know, <laughs> they're like best buddies and they have a fantastic time. And I thought, Oh, that, I want to write that. Let's hear the trailer then. Ron's gone wrong. There's two kinds of people, dad, the ones who have a bebot and the ones who don't. Hey guys. Oh, sorry. I'm in your shot. Oh, I have a filter for that. you Really? You need a bebot to have a social life? Yeah, Dad, kind of. I, I don't want you addicted to some device. Yeah, no. I got what you want. I got oh, Dad! Got you got me one! Oh. Hi, Barney. I'm your best friend out of my box. What are you doing? Your Bebot is like super weird. I am Barney's Bebot. Will you come to my secret shed and like him? No, no. There's a clip from the trailer then, Ron's Gone Wrong. The, the movie I was thinking of that it kind of reminded me of was uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, William. That was the one that I was thinking of. Great, great movie. Yeah. Um, Lloyd and Miller have gone on to do a little Lego movie, 21 Jump Street. Um, yeah, I think here, Arthur, you should definitely seek out Arthur Crisp this holiday season because. You know, I think these two really, they also did the, you know, the Pirates Band of Misfits, mm-hmm. Band of anything, Armando Iannucci. I think there, there's a huge heart to this movie. But I do think that even if you're not a fan of, you know, classic British comedy and different animations, I think there is so much this movie, you know, does have to say to the kids while also not making it painful in the way it's saying it. You know, it's, it's never beating you over the head, but it gives you a lot to think about. And, you know, I also talked to the co-directors um, who were able to, you know, come on board and really bring, you know, a, a pedigree of animation. They've worked across Pixar films, across animated, you know, projects all over John Philippe Vine and Octavio Rodriguez, who both, I think, wanted to make this a film about friendship first and foremost, to make this a grounded film, to not get lost in the weeds of, you know, the cynicism of what, you know, commentary on social media could mean, but, really, I think, make it something that um, every single person can relate to. That's the first and foremost, when you're whittling down a film like this, you need to make it as universal as possible, as they told me. Well, I think um, that basically that they've, they've, they should think about their friendships, basically. <laughs> you know, there's, that, there's one aspect, and that have being different to your friends and being different to your new friends is actually a, a, something to, to uh, really appreciate. And, and that um, and to know that friendship is a two-way street, it's also this movie is also about how to be a friend. Um, and social media can give you this one-way street exchange, right? Where it feels like I've got to put something out there and just get feedback on myself. Ron and Barney challenge that, and I 
I hope that um, the audience can, they'll have a good time, but they'll also be more conscious of that when they leave the theatre. Yeah, so don't just put up a post and expect everybody to like it. It's a two-way street, William. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I think, um, really, I think this is a movie that doesn't forget that it's a kid's movie, first and foremost, even though it is. And I think that's what Pixar does so well and a lot of other animated movies mix. They, They think that they need to have, you know, jokes for adults, jokes for kids because it's just so hard to make something that really captures both. It's really hard to make something that is just kind of universally charming and gives different people at different ages, different things to think about. Um, but I, I think really this movie is great at you know, having that gaze go in both ways. And I think, you know, for, for both Sarah and Peter, I, I think that getting the, the heart of the film across to, to the younger kids and to, to teenagers, I think was definitely their, their prime um, their, their prime audience. And I think that it's going to work best for those audiences. It's definitely one to, to bring along the whole family for. And, you know, when I spoke to Sarah and Peter, I think that they're really just excited for people to see all the funny things they put into this movie, first and foremost. We're hugely into Pixar films and they seem to have, you know, the same bits resonate for very similar reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think here, you know, you get, like, like we just said, like the, the whole, um, you know, that that feeling of I feel alone, but then you find out in this movie, he finds out that other kids are feeling like that as well. You know. I think um, I heard this morning about a mum saying that she had been talking to her three-year-old about mm. this feeling like I'm not the same as the other kids and they don't want to mm. play with me. And they use the movie to talk about that. Mm. Whereas with, you know, older kids, I guess the issues of social media and how that makes you feel when you get anonymous messages and so on, you know, there's a whole different range of stuff. But mostly we hope that they have laughed together and remember the jokes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we want them to obviously. repeat our yeah, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Ron's gone wrong then, uh, the writers there of a uh, movie releasing this weekend. Uh, sounds like a great movie for the whole family. Listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. Welcome back to the show. William Mullally is with us, our movie critic. Um, so Ron's gone wrong. Definitely something for the whole family to to go along and enjoy. Uh, what else is on the menu, William? Well, there are actually a number of you know, movies opening that I think have various levels of hype. One that I think is completely fallen onto the radar that I think people definitely need to check out. Before we talk about that one. We're going to talk about your favorite genre of films and something you're definitely going to be rushing out to go see. Halloween Kills. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, that is definitely not on my uh, on my radar for sure. But of course, Halloween is just around the corner. And um, I was just reading an article. Apparently, um, the most searched for Halloween outfit uh, this year is a Squid Game tracksuit. Oh, I completely believe that. <laughs> Got to get the white bands. You gotta get maybe. I mean, maybe people can repurpose their La Casa de Papel, you know, money heist. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> just, just put it in a different light. Maybe send it to the wash a couple times with some bleach, and then you, you've got it going. You, you have. <laughs> anyway, tell me about um, about this movie. Uh, I know a lot of people love the genre of horror. Not my thing, but um, what's this one all about, William? So the thing is, it's it's the return of Michael Myers, and you know, I think the Halloween franchise, you know, dating back to the seventies is one of the, if not the most iconic, you know, horror film franchise at this point. I think there's this great, you know, it was created by John Carpenter, and basically it's this guy in this white mask who isn't really given much of a backstory, who is just the pure embodiment of evil. There's no real subtext to it. He's just this evil, malevolent force who was just born evil and will stay evil, and it's just coming for you in the places that you feel most safe. And I think 
you know, that, that original film, it just gives this perfect feeling of just an idyllic home. And then this thing comes and it's just, it's so simple, but it's lasted them throughout film after film after film. And just a few years ago with the return of Halloween, the return of Jamie Lee Curtis to the lead role, um, we were able to, I think, recapture some of the magic of that first film. And it really re-energized people into this franchise while also adding some new commentary, some new thoughts, and I think you know, really bolstering its its characters all around, including, I think, Michael himself. And so Halloween Kills um, from director David Gordon Green is one of the most anticipated films of you know the last two years, actually. It was supposed to come out on last Halloween, obviously, it got bumped and people were you know, very, I think, um, angry that it was bumped, but I, I, think, I think they're just as excited to see it now. But there's been a big debate in the horror community whether this captures, you know, it's basically back to being a cheesy horror movie. It's silly, it's ridiculous, it's, it's schlocky, it's, B, it's a B movie at the end of the day. So I think fans of those sorts of horror movies will be enjoying Halloween Kills, but fans of the, the you know, I, I think renewed tone of the last one will be a bit disappointed. But if that's not your thing, there is a Wes Anderson movie that has come into cinemas that has flown so under the radar, I don't know a single person that knows this is even in cinemas right now. It's, it's, it's insane. But The French Dispatch, with a tremendous cast, you know, in Timothy Chalamet, Lea Seydoux, Christophe Waltz, just, and every single other name that you're usually expecting from a Wes Anderson film, yeah. has brought here in a, what is a love letter to, to journalists. Um, it's based in a fictional um, newspaper in a fictional French city um, where someone publishes something for the French dispatch magazine. And it's basically, you know, I think kind of back to the simpler, more fun, idyllic, gorgeous films from Wes Anderson's career, maybe not something as big and as, you know, ambitious as Grand Budapest hotel, but equally as beautiful. And I think Wes Anderson as a filmmaker, I don't know if you like his films going back to Rushmore, the real Tenenbaums, really, I think, is just one of the most singular, unique filmmakers out there. Like You can tell his aesthetic from a mile away. And just living in his little idyllic world, his you know perfect little dollhouse, is always, I think, a joy for people that are fans of art, or fans of you know, design, really a fan of cinema. And I think you know, bringing in these great actors always kind of bolsters that. So that's definitely number one. It was one of my, I think, most anticipated films of the year, now that it's just been kind of like quietly brought up to cinemas with like one showing a day. It's a bit disappointing, but I do think that we knew we need people to go and rush out to go see it so it survives past more than one week. Because it's a Wes Anderson film, by gosh. Yeah, get out there and, and check it out. Just before I let you go, William, I just want to run this by you. Disney's announced a slew of release date changes, including yet another delay for Indiana Jones 5, which was supposed to be released in 2019. It's now been delayed four times, and uh, now the release date is June 30th, 2023. And that means that Harrison Ford will be just two weeks shy of his 82nd birthday when it comes out. Yeah, and I think, you know, having met Harrison just a few years ago, you know, I'm really just, I can't wait to see what he does at really any age, because I think as we saw in Blade Runner, um, he can lean into that, the fact that he's getting older and make it even more affecting. And so I'm really excited to see what they do with that. But I think this is also just, this is about the way that all the studios are kind of figuring things out mm. in this new paradigm, because they, what they've been doing, basically, they canceled all their films last year, and they've been releasing them basically once every week for the last six months, and some of these movies are doing amazingly well. You know, Halloween Kills did, had 50 million people went to go see it. It was the yeah. biggest opening of the year. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi, 200 million um, in the U.S. But other films are just flying completely under the radar. And so I think they're realizing that, okay, we can't just dump them every single week. We need to spread these out a bit. So 
some films got bumped a bit further. But I think, you know, for fans of the Marvel Universe especially, I think some, some breathing room in between these films can only benefit them. And more time to sit on these movies, I think, gives more time for people to discover them. So I think uh, it, it's a good thing, ultimately, even though it is sad that we're going to have to wait so long for more Indiana Jones. Uh, and what about James Bond? I mean, uh, you know, that, they, that again, was uh, put on the back burner for so many times. And then, of course, uh, it did get its release um, here. Did it affect numbers in cinemas, William? Um, yeah, but I don't think that there was ever really a way that it wasn't going to be. But I did. I, I was able to, to go last night in IMAX and it was still packed. So I, I think people who want to go see James Bond are going to see James Bond, even if they're maybe taking a little bit longer to go do it. Everyone's not rushing to the movie on opening night and then having it burn out. But honestly, that's how it should be. That's how movies work for years. You know, something like Jaws would be a hit for three months. It would be yeah. a hit for two weeks and then on to streaming. So I, I think ultimately... If we're having some social distancing in our screenings themselves, I think it's only to the movie's benefit. And thoughts on Bond, finally. I asked you this last week and you'd not had a chance to see it. Um, now you have. Um, I loved it. <laughs> some of my colleagues panned it, but what did you make of it? I'm still digesting it, but I do think that maybe part of me is a bit disappointed. I'm not really sure what I was expecting, though. I did have the the ending spoiled for me. I do think that some of the set pieces here in the cinematography are just gorgeous gorgeous mm. gorgeous yeah I, I think i don't know it feels like there was a certain je ne sais quoi it feels like maybe rami didn't have enough here it felt in certain times like we were going through the motions and other times like we really had something to say so it felt like it was a bit confused as a film but ultimately i think it delivered on the thrills and the 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 i think the the grandeur yeah. James Bond is fully intact, which makes it worth seeing on the big screen. But I, I will echo saying what everyone else has been saying, which is that we needed more Anna Darmas because that sequence in Cuba was just so wasn't she much fantastic? Fun. Yes, she's Edward got to come back as a Bond girl. Absolutely, she should have her own movie. Just give her a spinoff. <laughs> if there's so, going to be, if, if we're going to go down the route of a female James Bond, I give her the role tomorrow. <laughs> William Mullally, always great to chat with you on the show. Have a brilliant weekend. Um, what are you going to be going to seeing very quickly? Ooh, French Dispatch, for sure. Right. And probably Halloween Kills, too. But yep. maybe a midnight show. Great stuff. Um, William, always a pleasure to have you on the show. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Indeed. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're enjoying uh, the uh, break if you are off on this uh, Thursday. Now, let me ask you a question. How would you love to come home from work and just call a chef and say, come over and cook for me? Well, apparently we can do that. Hey Chef is the UAE's first online on-demand personal chef service. And joining me now is the co-founder, Pranav Arora. Um, Good afternoon, Pranav. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Mark. How are you doing? Very good. Great to have you on the show. So I hear yeah. the concept of this service is you book, we cook. How did this uh, idea first come about, Pranav? Uh, thanks for having me, Mark. Um, so this, this came up came about around uh, last year uh, in, in 2020, where we basically uh, you know thought that uh, it would be great for people in Dubai to sort of have uh, healthy, healthy eating uh, options, uh, but at the same time have a chef come home and cook for them. Yeah, it actually uh, came about when I when I went to work and you know I took a sandwich out of my pocket, out of my bag actually, and one of my colleagues was like, you know, where do you get these amazing sandwiches and pastas cooked? And then he's like, you know, I have a chef who comes home, and he's like, wow, it would be great if we could have this service, you know, just offered in Dubai, and literally that's how it started off. 
with just an idea in in November, um, and you know we worked uh, from November till March on the idea, and we launched in May twenty twenty. Brilliant! So it all came from a sandwich in in your bag, which I think is great. So how does it work? And um, you know, are the chefs available anytime? So the way it works is uh, what we have done is we have blended hospitality and technology. We we made sure that we sort of uh, blend technology in the whole uh, booking experience. Uh, you know, customers can go online on our website at heychef.ae and and select the chef of their preference. Uh, we have sort of four different kinds of uh, services offered. Uh, and and literally the chefs, uh, the customers can select the chef of their choice, select the dishes they want, uh, undertake the booking online and actually uh, pay out, check out online. And once the payment is done, uh, the booking is confirmed. Uh, once the booking is confirmed, uh, we have a team who contacts the customer just to confirm all the details in terms of the menu, the ingredients, uh, and if they would like us to source or would they like to source themselves. And uh, the, the chef appears at the booking time, uh, at the date and time uh, the customers have booked them. <laughs> I love the sound of this. It's, it's amazing. So what kind of dishes uh, do they make? And what, what have you know, been some of the most popular dishes, do you think, that uh, people want cook for them when they get home? So we have a, a varied uh, customer segment. Uh, we have customers who sort of like daily cooking uh, and, and, you know, are more focused into healthy eating uh, with so, sort of they have their diet plans planned given by the nutritionist. And obviously uh, they find it hard to cook themselves. So we have chefs who do that as well. We have six chefs on board currently who prepare different cuisines. So we have an Indian chef, we have an Asian chef, we have a chef from Sri Lanka who does continental and different healthy cuisines. We have a Middle Eastern chef. So uh, pretty much all of them sort of cater to a specific cuisines, but also uh, can cook different uh, uh, dishes as well. Uh, Asian is a very popular segment. Indian, yeah. obviously, is a very popular segment as well. Yeah. Um, so who is your average clientele? Uh, you know, what, what kind of person is uh, getting home and saying, right, I, I want a chef to come over and, and make my dinner tonight? So it varies. I think we have individuals who are quite busy with their working schedules and don't have time uh, to cook uh, and, and are sort of tired eating healthy, uh, you know, sort of takeouts uh, on, mm. on a regular basis. Uh, a lot of working couples uh, with perhaps maybe a child or two uh, and, you know, sort of what I encourage uh, sitting in the dining table and eating all together, sort of spending time together. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, previously one sort of couldn't, couldn't have that opportunity of just, you know, um, just sitting in like, cooking um, for for the family. Uh, we have a, a huge segment who's sort of involved in parties, uh, who sort of use the chef for uh, hosting uh, a gathering of family or friends, mm. uh, typically between a size of ten to fifteen packs. Uh, so, so the so the beauty of the service is that we we offer a, a kind of service which sort of caters to a very wide requirement base. Um, someone like you who basically wants to go home and, you know, have food ready at home when he reaches. Uh, and, and, you know, we have the chef who, who sort of goes to your house and keeps <laughs> the meals ready when you come home. Yeah, I, I love the sound of it. I hear you're also uh, doing cooking classes. Is that right? Yeah, we do. We do cooking classes as well. We have done some pasta making classes, some sushi making classes, as well as dim sum making classes. Something which is sort of more uh, action oriented and, and and sort of easy to sort of cope with with the chefs. Yeah. So how can people book? Talk me through the procedure of uh, of booking our chef. If I get home tonight, I've had a hard day on the radio. How do I go about booking that chef? 
So there are two ways to book. Uh, bookings can be done on our website. Uh, if you can visit www.heychef.ae and just follow the booking procedure where there are a set of questions. Uh, you select the chef of your choice, select uh, the kind of service you require, whether it's a one-time service, uh, a meal prep service where you want the food to be prepared for a couple of days, or you want a reoccurring service where uh, Mark wants the chef, say, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday mm. for a three-week period. He can book it online. Another way is to contact our customer service uh, where we can assist you in booking the chefs based on your requirements. Do you ever book it yourself, um, Pranav? <laughs> you know, I do. You I do. do. <laughs> I, I actually do book it myself, uh, especially for some uh, parties uh, at home. Uh, you know, typically uh, we never have... We, the, for, for, for parties of 10 to 15, mm. uh, catering, uh, you know, doesn't make sense uh, due to sort of the uh, limited, uh, you know, requirements. So I do book it for myself, for especially for parties and, and, and sort of, you know, regular booking services, yeah. I suppose, you know, over time as well, um, you could uh, probably make friends with your favorite chef, you know, if you keep returning and returning, making dishes in your home. Yeah, yeah, they all, they all, uh, they all know me very well. The way it works is that all chefs work uh, exclusively for Hay Chef. So uh, yeah. we, we sort of have a, a full-time uh, chefs dedicated to Hay Chef customers. And yeah, we've created a, a, a pretty good clientele so far in, in operating over a period of one year now. Uh, we've almost served more than 500 customers in, across Dubai. Brilliant. Uh, Pranav, um, really interesting. I think it's an absolutely brilliant concept and uh, I might give it a blast um, one of these days. That's once again, hey chef, you can get a chef, you come round to your home, uh, cook whatever you like from Asian cuisine, Arabic cuisine, even Indian and uh, what, what a fantastic idea. Hey, Chef, it's spelled H-E-Y-C-H-E-F. Hey, Chef. Uh, once again, uh, Pranav, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me.